Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with Susie Karachi. She's the author of the Mediterranean Dish Cookbook and the founder of TheMediterraneanDish.com, a number one ranked site for modern Mediterranean cooking and lifestyle. Her mission is to make Mediterranean eating and living attainable for as many people as possible, no matter their kitchen skills. Susie lives by three simple Mediterranean principles. One, eat with the seasons. Two, use mostly whole foods. And three, she says, above all, share. Which is why her one real good thing is to share meals Mediterranean style. Listen and learn why that simple, pleasurable action can have such a profound impact on your well-being. Susie Karache, thank you so much for being here. It is just delightful to have you on the podcast. There is cra- congratulations in order because thank you're you. I'm so glad. Thank you. Yes, because your book just made the New York Times bestseller list. Fabulous. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I am so thrilled and very, uh, very grateful for it. Well, it's because it's really an amazing book. And you have such a great reputation. I've long loved your website. There are so many sumptuous, beautiful, healthful, doable recipes on your website. And then now the book, The Mediterranean Dish, it's on the New York Times bestseller list. And no one can ever take that away from you, no matter what, oh, right? Thank you. You are so kind. I am just, it's just um, so affirming to know that the book has resonated with so many people. And it's, it's why I wrote it in the first place. So to see that uh, was really just a nice, it was a full circle moment for me. And I'm just, I'm glad we're talking today. I'm really excited. Me too. I'm so thrilled. And I particularly love your one real good thing, which I'm going to reiterate for people. It's um, share food in the Mediterranean style. So I think this is particularly relevant to me, especially because I'm very aware that the Mediterranean diet is celebrated for its health properties and the wonderful health properties of the foods that you eat. But it's not just about the foods that you eat, the actual foods. It's yeah. also about the lifestyle around that and the way you eat. And I want to yeah. quote from your book because you say that in your introduction, you say that you follow three Mediterranean diet principles. Eat with the seasons. And that's something super important. I just discussed that on the podcast with Jacques Pepin. If you listeners haven't heard the Jacques Pepin uh, episode yet, definitely go back and do that because that's all about eating with the seasons. Second, use mostly whole foods. Absolutely. Can't argue with that. And, and I love how you say mostly. And third is, and third, and you say above all else, share. Um, so your one thing is share meals Mediterranean style. What does sharing mean to you in that way culturally yeah. yeah yeah oh that's such a great question so i was born and raised in port said egypt uh it's a port city right on the mediterranean and it's it's very lively and um just full of everything but the probably the one thing that will always stay with me is just the way that people came together 
all the time around the table. And as I was writing this book, it really kind of struck me how that was just such a big part of my life growing up in that part of the world. And it wasn't so much about, you know, entertaining, so to speak, or, or toiling over um, meals for days to, to put something so beautiful on the table, which yes, people did. And my mom did a bit of that too, but it was more about just the spontaneity and the open heartedness and the willingness to get our, to, to be together around the table, no matter what was presented. So oftentimes, and my dad just has such a big personality. He was a pastor in the city and people loved him. And so a lot of times he would just be, you know, encounter someone and, and they would say, oh, we haven't, we haven't seen you in a while. He'd be like, oh, come, come, come for dinner. And it was like, I'd be walking with him and it was like an invitation for dinner that night, not like come for dinner, let's plan it, let's look at our calendars, let's see three weeks from now, it was like, come, just come. And, and it was really just something that I never thought twice about. So people would show up to our family's home and it sometimes takes my mom by surprise. So she would, she would just look in her fridge and put together something. And it was really not so much about what it is that we're eating together, but it was more about the company, the people, and just very unguarded, very open-hearted uh, hospitality that I, I miss a lot, but I also see elements of it here in the South. And you live in Atlanta now. You've lived there for a while. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, so I love the idea because personally, I have a confession to make. I really, I almost just admitted to myself recently that I really don't like entertaining. I yeah. feel like it's so much work. I cook all the time. I'm in the kitchen all the time, cooking, cleaning, shopping for my work. I love it. It's, yeah. it's a work of, that I'm passionate about. But then right. I really just don't want to work on when I'm not working, right? I don't want to work so hard. But I love having people over for a casual yeah. get together. Oh, I'll put out some food. And, and so I think the word entertaining is actually interesting because it implies an, a performance. But when you're really, yeah. you know, you're entertaining people, you're, you have to now have a theme or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and so I decided to pull back from this notion of entertaining and just more toward the notion of sharing in the way that you yeah. put it, where it's not yeah. a performance. It's simply sharing. It could be the most simple food, really. Yeah. And, and you don't have to impress and you don't have to blow anyone's mind, but really just sharing delicious food that's well-prepared, that, um, that's made with whole foods, that's made with love. And, and that is something really valuable. And I think that maybe people also don't realize how valuable that is for their health because yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm not much of an entertainer. Like you come to my house, you're going to eat all the food, but all the food is whatever is in my fridge. <laughs> and, and it's not, there's like, I don't put out, you know, once in a while, I'll, I'll pull out the china for Christmas dinner, but that's about it. And I want you to feel really the biggest part for me is for people to feel at home. And I feel like the element of entertaining that I resist a little bit is the idea of trying to perform as you put it. And then trying to, when you think you're about to perform, then you have a list 
And then you have to go through, you know, what China and what whatever. And, you know, is it a three course meal or whatever? It's just too much pressure. And for me, the way I grew up, it was that we didn't have a three course meal and, and all that jazz things blurred. It was just one happy big party and dishes were just appearing on the table. And there wasn't like a really a division between the salad course and the main course. It all just ran together. And it was always such a happy time. And my mom had, I wrote an essay in the, in the book called The Big Table. L later in the book, you'd see it. And, and, it, and it was about the big table, not necessarily in terms of how elaborate and how long the table was. The table sat eight people, but I swear to you, we probably had 20 people at that table at some point. Um, and it's because it was just like, okay, you know, who's coming? Come on. We all gathered around the table and we had makeshift extensions of it. And it, they don't look very fancy, but you had all the generations at the table. You had the grandmas and then you had, you know, little eight-year-old me. And I would sit at the corner of the table. I'm listening to these life stories. And I think a big part of sharing in my mind comes from that experience of sitting at the table in an intergenerational table, so to speak, and then people from different parts of life and, and experience are sharing things. And I'm there as a child uh, listening to all these things, all, all the jokes, all the sometimes, you know, the hearts are poured with agony and or excitement for something special that's happening and I am literally at the table as an eight-year-old and I think about my life today and and I'm trying to make sure that my 12-year-old kid is at the table with adults because the sharing piece of that is also the sharing of life experience the sharing of one's heart the sharing of all of it and not just the meal so I try not to think about entertaining very much because then I kind of I get resentful about it. Well, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I have to work. And instead I just think about having company and, yeah. and being, being in the company of people I love and yes. making simple, simple plates to share with them, basically. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the health benefits, I mean, it sounds, it's a wonderful thing to do. It feels right, right? So everyone who's hearing yeah. this, I'm sure feels that sense of pleasure of eating with people. And, and yeah. it doesn't have to be even family. I mean, it can be groups of friends. It can be neighbors that you call up. I mean, many people live alone or live with one or two. And yeah. then you can call up your neighbors. You can call up your book club. You can, you can share meals with various types of people in different aspects of your life. And yeah. it's about that connection that's so healthy, healthful, yes. actually, yes. that promotes health because really there's so much research that shows that our social connections make us healthier. And one of the main connecting points that people have in this world that everyone has in common, that everyone can do together, that, that breaks language barriers, that breaks cultural barriers, everything is sharing food. And so, and so this is a really a center point of human connection, of human commonality, and it's a way to make friends if you don't, if you're, you know, my husband's playing pickleball all the time now, and then he invites some his pickleball 
players to, <laughs> to come over for some, you know, nibbles. And then we have new friends all of a sudden. Um, so mm -hmm. it's thing, it's things like that, that actually enhance your life and make you healthier because that's what this is. This show is about making your life healthier by doing one simple thing, which is sharing food, right? Absolutely. And, and I know in our culture here, we are so busy and we have so much going on all the time. Uh, so that's why I intentionally don't make it about entertaining. Because if I did, then I would never have people at my house because I'm going to worry about everything being so perfect and, yeah. and having too much going on. So I just, I just think of it as like, hey, I'm having company, I'm having friends, uh, we're just here. It, it doesn't even have to be a meal. It can yeah. be a drink. It can yeah. be, it and, can be tea, coffee, whatever. You and know? it's sharing. And so I want to dive in a little bit because I just love your the flavors you put in the food and the vibrant colors and and the beautiful you know, it's thoughtful, yet totally approachable, which is what I really value about it. And one of the things, so you speak of your background uh, coming from Egypt, and I think very often people think about the Mediterranean in a more Eurocentric way, in a kind of limited way. It's like Italian, French Riviera, in more of the Western part of the Mediterranean. But one of the things I love about your food is you do bring many of those influences in, but it's really coming into bringing us to the Eastern Mediterranean, where many people maybe aren't, you know, aren't really keyed into these Eastern Mediterranean countries, Egypt, Lebanon, Israel, and the amazing wealth of beautiful Mediterranean cuisine and flavors coming from these nations and these foodways. So I love that you bring that to the table with this Mediterranean perspective as well. Oh, thank you. I'm I am really excited about this book. I did a talk last night at a local bookstore and, and, and someone uh, pointed that very thing out and said, you know, I haven't, I never thought about using things like cumin or allspice or cardamom. And I definitely never associated them with Mediterranean. I always thought of Mediterranean in, in the oregano way. And, and, you know, and I thought that was very interesting because uh, having lived in the Mediterranean, I don't think I ever even thought twice about, about that. Like I just, my mom cooked with all these flavors from different parts of the Mediterranean. And because it was a port city, like everybody was there and people from uh, the Western part of the Mediterranean lived in Egypt and lived in Port Said. We had a lot of Greek influence, some Italian, some French even, uh, and even some English. So not even Mediterranean, but we had all these people. And, then, and there's just really no doubt that the foods, uh, the, the food we share is really interesting because I don't think people of the Mediterranean ever really stops and thinks so hard about, like I know in my mom's kitchen, it was never ever said that, hey, we're having Italian tonight. Like that just never came up. But we did eat the, these it's a beautiful Italian food. We had some amazing recipes that are very much 
I would think very Italian influence and or maybe we have actually exported some of our flavors elsewhere. And because of where Egypt is in general, just like the middle of this whole part of the Mediterranean, we, I don't think ever stopped to think, oh, well, where, what part of the Mediterranean is this from? So I'm a little bit of a rebel in trying to build a book and recipes that have flavors from these different parts not to disrespect any particular part at all, but to say we have such a shared love for bright flavors and the Mediterranean, the Middle Sea really is what it means, brings us together in this, in this shared environment. And so I, it just was eye-opening to me to hear someone else say, oh, well, I've never thought about using cumin and allspice in, in this way. Yeah, well, it opens up doors for people who might not be thinking about it. And it's really wonderful the way you're bringing it up because it's very much integral to who you are to have all of these flavors and all of these different influences. And I think it's sort of like that melting pot idea that's very yeah. much, uh, well, I'm a New Yorker. And so I grew up eating from all over. All the things, yeah. So it, yeah. It, I get it. I get what you're saying. And it's really fun and wonderful to have all those possibilities. It doesn't make it inauthentic and it doesn't make it, I think that there's just some, there's a lot going on in our world right now that makes you either love or hate what's going on in the food industry. And for me, I just like to, I choose to be more in the, in, in the segment of people just that appreciate the fact that one dish can be made so many ways and that one dish can have influences from a couple different places and it still is beautiful and those two places that came together in one dish are just as beautiful in their own way so um, um i hope that people are are able to see that a little bit in the book well it's authentically you and i think that's the key <laughs> so exactly. it's authentically from your lived experience and from your taste profile and i think that that's what's really really comes through. And it's, and again, it's all the recipes are so doable. So I wanted to just, let's talk about shared plates mm -hmm. um, and, and, and meze. I talk yes. about meze all the time. I, I eat meze all the time and many people might not even know what that really is. So that's yeah. in the, the first chapter of your book is all dedicated to that. And it's basically small plates. I'll let you explain what meze is to us. Yeah. Meze is just like you said, small plates for sharing. And again, since we're talking about sharing, this is the unofficial welcome meal of the Mediterranean. And it, and it, and it goes by different names regard, you know, wherever you are in, in that part of the world, it, it'll come with a different name, but where I grew up, it's Mezze. So you can come and visit at any point of the day and you're gonna have something. Maybe it's a plate of nuts, Maybe it's a, you know, a bowl of nuts, or maybe it's a bowl of hummus, or maybe it's whatever is in the fridge <laughs> comes out in small plates to be shared. Uh, and I think this to me is the joy of eating the Mediterranean way is this whole meze concept. Because once you embrace the idea of like, it does not have to be one big, you know, stunning dish, but it can be many small, stunning, and humble dish, dishes that are 
extra special because you're sharing it, sharing them with other people. And that's where I feel like I like to eat that way. I like to nibble on small things and I get bored easily. So to me, it's like, well, it's brilliant. You don't need one big thing. You need so many little things. Uh, and it can be just a, a bowl of olives next to a little bit of, you know, baba ganoush or a, a plate of fatouche or uh, there's this, this Spanish tapa that I absolutely love is gambas alajio, which is the garlic shrimp. And, and in this, in the book, that recipe comes with a little bit of boiled potato. And uh, it, the idea came from someone who followed my work and saw that I posted that that particular garlic shrimp recipe from Spain. And he's like, hey, I was in Barcelona, Barcelona and they serve it. The place where he went, they served it with boiled potatoes and it made it so much more satisfying. Mm. So I'm like, oh, well, there's an idea. So that, that made it to the book. But that section of the book are 60 recipes. It's the largest section. And I really intended to start this book this way, in the most informal, in the most humble, in the most unassuming uh, type of meal that you can have with the closest people to you. And that is messy to me. And you can make, you know, a whole dinner of that. I do that all the time, especially in the summer when I find I have some tomatoes to slice up or beans that I'll boil some shrimp and toss with maybe a little pesto or, and it just could be so casual, but I love one of my favorite things to do. And, and you mentioned the hummus but you you have the what you call the meanest loaded hummus dip. So you yeah. have this like super creamy hummus that you do the smoothest, you call it the smoothest, fluffiest hummus. Um, yeah. So then you have a recipe for that. But I love one of my favorite things ever is to top that with just really just like a chopped meat that's simmered with spices. Um, mm -hmm. Like, or it could be lamb, or uh, you use lamb, but it could be beef too, or either yeah. or. And with allspice, cinnamon, tomatoes, garlic, I love that kind of warm, fragrant uh, seasoning. And then you spoon that over the hummus. And now you have something like, I mean, hummus can, of course, be a main course. Uh, well, uh, a main protein, <laughs> I should say, on its own. Yeah. But then you yeah. have some meat in there to. I don't know. It just really takes it to a whole other level. I like maybe also some mint on some fresh herbs on top. Yeah. Some fresh herbs would be great on it. Honestly, I feel like hummus can be a great canvas to uh, other different, many different toppings. This, this topping is not unique to my book. A lot of people throughout the Middle East will, will kind of uh, saute a little bit of meat with that allspice and cinnamon and all so forth. And it's just topping it. And, and that alone with a stack of warm pillowy pita can be all you need for a little dinner. And yeah. I, I do that here at home. Um, you know, sometimes my girls are like, what's for dinner? I'm like, well, it's hummus. There's something <laughs> on it. Anything. We'll find something, you know. Uh, and so I think because it's so satisfying, hummus can be, you know, a great meal on its own. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the notion. I mean, many people are trying to cut back on meat and health wise, that's probably a good thing to do for most people. 
um, not necessarily everyone, right? But for most people mm-hmm. to have le- less meat than they're typically eating. And so this is a way to do that where it's not meat's not the center of the plate, but you don't have to forego meat entirely. So health-wise, yeah. I think that's a great strategy. Um, there's another recipe here in your book that I'm looking at, the very green tabbouleh in lettuce mm-hmm. boats. And I think it's interesting because to me and you, as you say in the book, tabbouleh, the main ingredient is parsley, mm-hmm. which And most people don't see it that way. Most people have not experienced it in the U.S. anyway, have not experienced it that way. They see it mostly as bulgur, which is a fabulous whole grain. Yeah. I love it. Like with so much parsley, I love using parsley as a bean flavor driver in salads Mm -hmm. and so on. It's so good like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think I learned it from my mother-in-law. Uh, and still, so my mother-in-law is Jordanian. Um, and so she's really, she's really a star as far as, uh, uh, a Levant kitchen goes, right. All the, uh, all the flavors and all the complex things that she puts together are amazing, but I learned to make tabbouleh in, uh, with her because, um, my in-laws used to own a Mediterranean restaurant in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's where I went to school and that's where I met my husband. And I would learn, I would be with her sometimes and she's making like buckets of this beautiful salad. And I add cucumber to it. Traditionally, you don't, but I, I kind of like the extra crunch and the extra green. And she used to serve it to my girls when when they were born, when well, when we were together, because we're so far away now, in, in these lettuce, uh, just romaine lettuce, and you just scoop the, the salad on top of the, le- on the lettuce, and you just have, you just hand hold it. And it's the simplest thing, but it's just absolute pleasure to buy it on that crispy lettuce and all that parsley you were talking about and that, that citrus from the salad. It's mm. so delightful and so fresh. Uh, and so I just... Yeah, that's how I serve it now uh, to my girls, and that's how they like it. And for kids, they love to eat with their hands. So any opportunity to eat with their hands, I think, in that way, to make almost like a little lettuce taco out of it is just brilliant because it's like eating vegetables but in a really super fun way. Yeah, I love that you said lettuce taco. That's exactly it. Taco, exactly, yeah. So it's funny about the Michigan connection because my husband's from Michigan too. He's from Lansing. So I I remember reading that now and now that you say it. So, you know, (laughs) we like those Midwestern boys. What can we say? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another recipe I wanted to point out is um, this fig, walnut, and olive tapenade which sounds yeah. also, and it's so easy. You just literally like kind of throw everything into a food processor and yeah. it comes out at this, this lovely tapenade and just the, the notion of these flavors, the sweet and salty and savory. I love that combination. Yeah. And it's not obviously tapenade traditionally doesn't have fig or walnut, or that sort of thing necessarily, but I feel like it's okay to, if you walk into your pantry and you feel like there's a couple of flavors that can go well together, like why not play? And uh, I guess uh, at the Eastern Mediterranean and Middle East is known for using um, dried fruit in, in savory uh, applications. And I thought, why not in tapenade? Like, why not? I had a few figs to use. <laughs> I'm like, let's, 
let's see. And I actually really enjoyed the just the hint of sweetness to kind of balance out all the briny, salty flavor from the olives. It was delightful. Yeah, it's lovely. So let's just, you know, wrap up here to kind of remind people that sharing doesn't have to be a performance and it doesn't have to be difficult and it doesn't have to be stressful, that it can be as simple as inviting some people over, new friends, old friends, family, and casually putting out some plates of food and and just relaxing together and spending time together, maybe getting off our devices for a while. (laughs) I mean, especially with kids, I think that's really important to teach them to sit at a table without being on their device. That was really a key parenting thing for me. sounds like that you find that valuable too, probably. It is. It it absolutely is because I think about my life and I think, gosh, I gained so much just sitting at a table as a kid. And I want to make sure that my kids have the same. So we've never had a kid's table. We've never sent our kids to a kid's table when we've had adults over because I want them to be at the same table and I want them to listen yep. to, my, to my friends and learn with me. I remember when my daughter, she was about five years old and she sat at the table and she at, said to me, so mommy, how was your day? And I, yes. <laughs> I promise you that I felt like oh. confetti fell all over my body. Like I was filled with joy that my daughter knew how to interact at a table at such a young age. And she knew that this is the time that we share stories and we're not only sharing food, we're sharing a piece of ourselves. And yeah. So, it's so sacred. So sacred. It, yeah. It's so invaluable. If I could write a book just on that one thing, I totally would. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this book. Um, it's the Mediterranean dish and um, your website is the Mediterranean dish.com. And I'll have a link to it on my website So thank you so much for being here. What a joy to talk to you. And you're truly an inspiration and both, you know, culinarily and um, as, as a, as a, as a person. So thank Thank you. you. I appreciate it. And it was so lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to share meals, Mediterranean style. Join me next time for another one real good thing.